Welcome to episode one of Women on the Move, Behind Closed Doors new podcast series. In season one, we will be bringing you the latest insights from leading business women and entrepreneurs. I am Donnie Walford, the founder and managing director of Behind Closed Doors. And in today's episode, I am speaking with Cherie Sullivan, CEO and co-founder of Utter Delights. Cherie is fondly known as the Cheese Queen, and with her husband, Sol, together they have displayed a synergy of talents, effort and vision to build a business and brand that is well respected within the national food industry. The ability to change, take a risk, and invest in what they believe in has been the catalyst to their success. So welcome Cherie Sullivan, the CEO of Utter Delights. We're really, really happy to have Cherie as our podcast guest for Behind Closed Doors. Cherie, how are you? I'm well, thank you. That's great. So first of all, tell us about your journey as a Behind Closed Doors member. Mm. Why did you originally join and what do you still gain from Behind Closed Doors after 10 years as a member? Yeah, I was only thinking that today. I was thinking, have I been there for 10 years? And I, I realised um, my youngest was still a baby, like maybe six months old, and she's nearly 11. So that made oh. me think, oh, my goodness. I remember that I had gone through a huge business journey at that point. I was, I think I was around 32, I would have been. I'd worked so hard. It was just head down, bum up, and I felt quite isolated. And when there was a problem, it came to me, and I had to be the sharpest tool in the shed, essentially. <laughs> and I wanted some other sharp tools around me. And so <laughs> that's essentially and, – and I was feeling a bit lonely, to be honest. So that's that was sort of the first reason why I joined. And I, I reckon I had a year there, and then my mum got diagnosed with cancer, and it was – you know, it was great to have that friendship. And I, I remember when mum actually passed away, I think it was two or three weeks later I was there. And I remember one of the other people, it was actually Beck O'Rourke, bought me a bunch of flowers. Yeah. And I hardly knew Beck. And um, she's one of my best friends now, you know, and that was my journey at the start. And I do still have people saying, oh, are you still in behind closed doors? And I'm like, I am. <laughs> and um, the reason I am is I have such a good facilitator in Kylie Bishop. And she is also now a very good, dear best friend. So if you say what's changed about me over the years, I think probably like you, Donnie, you're certainly not scared to say what you're thinking. But I certainly remember in the early days um, running business when other business people and even some of my staff who just behaved badly, I would Mm. have to psych myself up to talk. I'd have to think about what I was going to say. And then I would literally count down in my head and go three two, one, <laughs> go blah. And like just that was the only way that I could get myself to have, you know, I guess difficult or challenging conversations. Right. Now I've got to like hold it in. It's like I just... <laughs> so that, but I guess all that comes with confidence and knowledge and. And also you learn, a new, you, you learn your own way of saying things yeah. as well, yeah. don't you? Yes, and I'm in quite a, a strong group of a few key people who are all um, – very intelligent, successful, and we all tend to speak our mind. Um, and I guess there's something, I had a bit of a light bulb moment recently. My husband has finally started to decide this year it's about education for him and, and mentoring, and he's never done it. 
Uh, and he's just decided that's what he wants to do. And he's listening to audiobooks and, and he's coming home. Did you know this? And I'd be like, uh, yeah. And, and I'm like, uh, yeah. And, and, and I realized that I have just sort of absorbed over the years info uh, because I kept myself connected in that way. But it wasn't, I wasn't having to read all these books and I wasn't having to, it was just sort of this natural absorption, I think. So, so how important is it that the other members in your group challenge you and your thoughts? To be honest, my group doesn't question me a lot, but every now and then they do. And it's a light bulb moment for me. It probably happens once a year. My husband, as my business partner and life partner, definitely challenges and questions me daily. So it's not that I'm, I'm not used to it I am used to it but yeah I definitely think there are some light bulb moments that that the group have given me over the years and and they're quite pivotal and you and it's just one sentence and it's enough to to make you think oh yeah I'm going to do this differently yeah good mm. and I I know you've um you're an award-winning businesswoman having you and Sol having won the Ernst and Young mm. Entrepreneur of the Year awards which was very awesome yeah what would you say to other women who don't think they're good enough or there's other people better than them or businesses better than them about applying for awards? Mm. I think awards are really time-consuming, uh, but they, they're one of those important but not urgent things. So sometimes they get put aside for the urgent but they are good because they certainly make you work on your business, that's for sure. And I, I actually remember the exact moment that Dave Sanders rung from EY. He's now a great friend, amazingly. Uh, he, I, I was sitting in our cheese factory office. I'm never sitting there. It was the afternoon. All the office had left, all the staff, and the phone rung. I never answer the factory phone. And I did, and I said, oh, it's Cherie um, from Out of Delights. He goes, oh, it's, you know, it's Dave Sanders from EY. And we just, I said, oh, okay, hi. And he goes, oh, I was just wanting to know if you... Um, if you wanted to apply for Entrepreneur of the Year. And I literally went like this. Like that actually. <laughs> it was, he probably thought, well, I'm not talking to her. Anyway, that I couldn't help it because I just knew how much time it takes. And, um, and he said the magic word. He said, no, 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 we write the application for you. And I'm like, oh, I'm listening. Interestingly, that one in particular, that particular awards process, because it is very much uh, a speed dating process. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, the judging uh, in the nationals, you are literally got three minutes rotation speed judging. And so you are slammed and you need to go, you know, and just give really <laughs> good in-depth answers. And that prepared me for due diligence with selling the business. Maybe just touch on a little bit about the, the sale and, and what that means to you and Soul and how that's changed the way you run your business as well. Yeah, so it was a massive journey to sell um, and there were a lot of events leading up to it. First voluntary product recall, which finally worked out, was linked to a new dishwasher installation. So oh, no. <laughs> capital expenditure, yay, our business oh. is getting better. So that, that's what, that did that one. Then we had that wiped out about a million dollars. The bushfire wiped out between one and two. Wow. And then we've got Corona. And a few people have said, oh, my gosh, how are you going? Like, how are you going? And the truth is, Saul and I's life has been so much more stressful than this over the years. This, because our house isn't on the line, is manageable. 
and we can lead through it and we can lead through it quite calmly. Even though there's moments of, you know, that pacey heart racing feeling, we've done the stress. And, and by the time we were ready to sell, we probably had four occasions, if not five in our life, where we didn't know if we were going to have a business or a house within a month or two, you know. And Scott Morrison right now talks about lives and livelihoods. And, and I feel like the world is living the life of an entrepreneur right now. Meaning you don't know actually what your livelihood's going to look like in a few months, but neither do you when you're an entrepreneur and you're growing and you're taking risks. And so the last six months for us have not been, um, they've not been great, but they've been nowhere near as bad as we've done before. And even the due diligence process, I said, look, what's the worst thing that could happen? And we thought the worst thing that could happen is we spent $100,000 and we didn't end up with anything to show and in the end, we were at about $300,000 without a deal. Like, it was getting there, but it wasn't a deal. It still could have been a walk away, you know. And then we got to four hundred, and then I had my meltdown. Um, <laughs> and then two weeks later, it signed, you know. So it was the hardest thing I've done. And it, and it was it, we agreed that um, Saul would run the factory and micromanage it to the nth degree, that I would run due diligence, um, the shopping handoff, and our house build. And I did. <laughs> and, you know, so. And two, and two young daughters. And two young daughters. So it, uh, it was pretty crazy, but we, we got there. Now it's so, I just feel like the baby's married. That's how it feels like now. It feels like mm. mine. It's not my, it's my financial responsibility to manage well um, and to make good decisions about the business and treat it like my own. But I, I know my house is safe and that is a huge relief being in business for 21 years and, yeah. you know, and every day you had something on the line. So, yeah, there was a bit of criticism when we sold, a bit of people not understanding, why have you done this? I can't believe it. Why have you done this? And, you know, people who were close to us had seen our journey and had seen the stress that we lived under for so long. And for people who are living that stress now, imagine doing that for 15 years. Well, I'm, I'm t- I totally agree. And then you realise that, like you said, you've built this resilience over the years yeah 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 and it's still it it sucked it really sucked and we and and when I say we it's stressed it's for about two three weeks it's that gross dread you wake up and you just have dread it only lasted for two or three weeks not three months and not you know so it's 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 when you're in at the crisis dealing with what you need to deal putting the ship on the right trajectory and then it's okay again you can manage that But what you know is there is a better day. There is your business will be better, that clients come back, you know, bushfires stop burning, you know, you you, you realise. And this is probably why this has been so stressful for so many people is because we've never had a pandemic. We've had world wars, but none of us living, basically, not many of us have seen a world war either. So so what advice would you give to other businesswomen regarding their professional development, including coaching? and mentoring mm, I love coaching and mentoring <laughs> I, I love um, being the recipient of it and I am quite a fan of also being on the other end and and doing it as well and the reason for that is that in the early days in the sort of first five years of our business I had two experiences with uh, coaches through government funded programs in the Adelaide Hills which completely turned the business around and taught me so much and so that's why I'm such a huge advocate of it I find it's good in that 
if you're doing courses are excellent too, but general one-on-one coaching mentoring, you can really dig deep. But my other side of that is if you don't do the work, then it's almost pointless. So even when I now catch up with, with some business owners, I'm like, so here's your homework. Don't call me until it's done. So, mm. and we've got, mm. I've got one business I've worked with for years and they um, call me around financial year time and we just go through all the finances. And because I'm a, I'm a bit of an advocate of the money does the talking. So let's analyze what you think you should do as to what, you know, what the dollars are saying. And, and that's great. Once a year works really well for that business, others would, you know, want monthly. Um, but for me, I've loved it. Um, I just have those aha moments and I also had one of those insightful moments into myself about a year ago and it was that I learned as you know I'm a musician and I learned the jazz organ and then jazz piano from age five and from age five to age 21 because then I went on to university every week of my life was spent learning a new piece of music Mm. and so my brain then got in a pattern of, okay, so what am I going to do this year? So when I started in business, I think, right, I've got to learn how to do this. I've got to do this. I'm not sure how to do this. And then I'd go get on with it. And it was uncomfortable because it's something you don't know how to do. But again, I would dig on what I'd already used before. Okay, I've done this before. Maybe I can adopt this here. And you were saying about when Sol came into the business. Yeah. He would come to me saying, oh, I, I, I don't know how to do this. I'm like, yep. <laughs> oh, so, and I'm, so um, I'm not really sure. I'm like, well, I don't know either. Like, get on with it. <laughs> so he's 15, 16 years down the track. It's just his way too now. We just get on with it. And whereas I think sometimes that could be a stumbling block for people, they think I don't know how to do it. Oh, well, I won't do it. So do you bring your two daughters up with that same just get on with it? I try to. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to get them in the kitchen. I mean, I love food. So you generally try to pass on to your children what you love. They're out in the garden. They know how to plant a plant. I'm teaching them sewing. I've I've bought the Barefoot uh, Investor for Families. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, teaching them about money and and I've actually said to them, girls, I don't really care what you end up doing, but there's one rule and it's don't spend more than you earn. Okay, mum, okay. And so, you know, we're just talking about this and talking about investing and so there's lots of things I I hope I teach them. So important for for women, as you know, I'm a very passionate advocate for uh, women learning about their finances and I was fortunate to have a, a career in banking and finance and, mm. and it was that was my training. Uh, but, I, but I'm so sad that there are women in their 40s and 50s, they don't know what their mortgage is, how much is owing, what their super is, how much they have, what they need mm. for retirement and, and, and a lot of them are not going to get the pension. So if you can yeah. instill the, those simple practices in your daughters now and get them understanding about saving it they're going to be so much better off around their 65 70 years than than a lot of women today but I have a theory though Donnie I, I have a theory that when people think they're not good at money it goes back to maths and it goes back to a time when they had a bad maths teacher and this one year of having a bad maths teacher they then think they can't do maths Therefore, they can't manage money. And I, that's where I think it can often go back to. So, and I also think managing your own money and getting an understanding around it empowers and it's actually really fun, even if people genuinely don't like maths, when it's applied in your life and it, and it creates control and decision making, it's actually really fun. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I like 
I like to see numbers sing and speak to me. Mm. So final, final mm. question. What three key things or areas do you attribute your success? Management of money and particularly in manufacturing, detailed product costing, which occurred in about year three of the business. And when I did that, I learned that our best-selling product was running at 10% loss and decided I would never do that again. That has, that's always pivotal in our business, the, man, the, the product costing and, and the, uh, the management of money. The third thing is probably calculated risk taker. So because to, you, you can't grow and do some large things without then putting yourself out there for failure. And I always knew there may come a day I'd have to face the media for failure. And obviously I had to for our product recall in November. And I always wondered how I'd feel about it. And I felt fine. I, I was like, it's okay. Like, again, it's a bit pace. Your heart's a bit, you know, but at the end of it, I was like, no, that was okay. I, I, I'm still a person of integrity and, I'm, you know, it, it's not for lack of trying. And it was okay. Uh, Sheree, it's been so lovely talking to you today. Thank you so much for being our podcast guest and, and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Donnie. Thanks for listening to the Women on the Move podcast brought to you by Behind Closed Doors. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. To find out more about leadership and professional development for you, visit BehindCloseDoors.com where you can find the full range of memberships and coaching and mentoring options available. This is a Narrative Network podcast.